Hi everybody, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome back to episode 45 of the Stone Cold Silver Podcast. Yeah, it's five away from 50. We gotta figure out what we wanna do for 50. Yeah, you know, I just realized that we missed our one year anniversary. Uh, we talked about it a bit what? ago, but I completely forgot about that. Well, happy anniversary. Yeah, happy, happy, happy delayed anniversary on the Stone Cold Sober podcast. God, you know, if we were an actual couple, one of us would be really angry with the other person right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is well. this is the perfect thing. Oh, it was our anniversary? Yeah. Oh, chill. That happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. September 21st was the first episode. So Really? About a month ago. Wow, we let a whole... I mean, going strong, though. Yeah, yeah. I like that we started this out as something... That was sort of a pet project because we talked about doing a podcast for a couple months. Yeah. Every time we played video games, and it's just nice that we stuck with it. I think that's so far the best thing to take away from all this. That yeah. we that we stuck. I mean, because it's so easy nowadays to just either forget about things if it doesn't go exactly your way, or just forget about it because life gets busy. You know, I think it's nice that we've been able to carve out time every week and do this. Yeah, although there are definitely improvements that we could make. Like, we still haven't put anything up yet on iTunes, and that's, you know, we, we could do it, and it's just been, there's a bit of work that's involved with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just been fun. Like, the whole process, especially for me, like the editing, the editing process, and while yeah. I don't have to do anything significant most of the time, sometimes there's, you know, I have to I have to kind of dive in and, and, and correct some audio issues or whatever that, whatever things that we have and that's okay. the enjoyable part for me. Yeah, we should definitely look to get some of that stuff onto iTunes at some point. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, so I have been watching uh, or at least keeping up with the NFL football today, and let me tell you, my Colts are not looking so strong this year. As much as it pains as much as it pains me to say it, like I, I, I keep seeing people on Reddit talk about how bad the Colts are. They just keep shitting on them left and right, and I, the Colts just aren't that great of a team. And, it, and it's it's it is a bit disappointing that such a bad team, or you know, from what I've seen over the first six uh, seven games, like they have not played consistent at all. And the only teams they we were three and four, and those three wins are against our division rivals. And Which is our, important, right. mind you. Let's, right. let, let's be sure. The, Non-football fans, you should know that the best team, the, the team within each division, there are, there are eight divisions, and within uh, each each of those eight divisions, there will be one winner of a division. So the team with the best record in the division will go to the playoffs, no matter what. So if we go 8-8, eight and eight, but we're the best team in our division. We go to the playoffs, even if there's some other team in another division that it goes ten and six and doesn't go to the playoffs because the first place team was eleven and five. Um, so it's a bit of a of an interesting system where it really hurts to be in a strong division, and it really helps teams be like when you're in a really poor division because you don't have to play perfect every single week, and that's what the Colts. That's the situation the Colts are in right now. They're still in first place, but they're three and four and have not looked good in any of their non-division games. Okay. I was watching your guys' game today. Yeah. And it was not pretty. Mm-hmm. And you guys are playing the Saints. Oh, yeah. We're playing the Saints, one of the one of the worst. I mean, there are a lot of bad teams in the NFL this year. It um, seems like a handful of teams have just stolen wins from every other team. Yeah. Perennially that- strong teams are just shitting the bed. 
Yeah, I mean the Saints. The Saints were a really strong team. Just like what three years ago, they won the Super Bowl. They beat us, the Colts, in the Super Bowl, uh, 2010. I remember that. 2010. Yeah. So that was that was five years, uh, the five seasons ago, and all of a sudden they're one of the worst teams. The Colts are still, you know, technically a strong team because they're still topping their con their their division, but I mean their level of play is definitely they're definitely a tier two below the top tier teams, like the, the, the best teams in the NFL. Yeah. It, it's not even close right now. Yeah. And I think it's because of the consistency. Yeah. That they bring week in and week out. And sure, do they have some games where it's a little bit tougher? Yeah. But it's the consistency that they bring on both, like in all three phases of the game. That you wish all your team had. Yeah. I mean, Andrew Luck looked so confused for so long in that in that game. Yeah, I, I saw the first. So I was at the gym during this game, and I saw the first like half of the first quarter, maybe maybe most of the first quarter actually, and then um, I was keeping up with the game um, into into the third half when I finally got home, or it's the third half, the second half into the third quarter when I got home. I put the game on. I was able to catch like the second half of the third quarter before they cut it off the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. That's I think that's the big thing. I, I keep watching like teams like the Patriots play, and they they are just a very consistent team. Whereas the Colts, very similar to the Chargers in certain in certain areas. As a matter of fact, they just seem to love to shoot themselves in the foot at the very beginning of the game. They dig themselves into a ridiculously large hole the first quarter, and it's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. why are we down 20 to zero and we haven't even finished the first quarter yet? That doesn't make any sense to me. Right. At that point, you, uh, you guys were down 20 to zero. Andrew Luck was 0 for 5. Yeah. He held the ball for three minutes. Meanwhile, the Saints have had the ball for 13 minutes and 55 seconds. You threw a pick six on the ensuing kickoff. You fumble the ball. Yeah. It's just, it, that reminded me. Of the Bills and Jags game this morning. I woke up for that game. Oh, it, was really? gonna, it was streaming on Yahoo. Yeah, yeah. And it was actually really cool to watch that game on Yahoo. Uh, the, the quality was perfect. It dipped a few times, but EJ Manuel came out and it was the most absurd thing I've ever seen. In the course of two minutes, they were down 20 points. Okay. Similar to what happened to you guys, but EJ Manuel threw he had a uh, he got sacked for a fumble return touchdown. Immediate next play, he throws an interception return touchdown. But then they come storming back. Wow. They came storming back and then somehow the they tied it. They they took the lead late in the fourth. And then Blake Bortles comes back. It was a shootout of epic proportions. <laughs> there was so much it was like a uh, what was the score in that game? The, the, the score 34 was, 31 it was it's was one of those games yeah everyone's scoring the defense has gone home it, they're like oh we did our work we did it all in the first quarter and i mean it's great for you know nfl in london because yeah, yeah. it's not like a 7 to 3 game where everyone's like i should have just stayed home uh, cuz it's like rugby international championships this weekend right but uh that was that reminded me of your 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 team it was just <laughs> Like Andrew Luck is a is a top 
I'd argue top t- like like a tier two quarterback in this league, right? Like like tier one, you gotta have Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Andy Dalton. Yeah, which is crazy that right. I said it this yeah, year, yeah, but you Andy, Dalton. Andy Dalton. In that. But then tier two, you got like Carson Palmer, and then you got Andrew Luck. But Andrew Luck, he's hurt. Yeah, he is hurt. But he makes a lot of questionable decisions, man. Like, it's easy for me to say because this is the team that I watch, you know, and I, I try to keep up with. But, like, for example, last week, right? I'm watching last week, and it's third and four, okay? Third and four. We need four yards for the first down. And who do we see, who do we have coming right across the middle? We have, I think it's Frank Gore who comes out, you know, comes out of the backfield and is, and is, and is literally wide open four yards downfield to get the first down. And what does Luck do? He throws a bomb out to uh, Andre Johnson, I think it was. And it's an incomplete pass. I'm like, why? Why? I don't understand why he tries to do so much all the time. He doesn't seem to, he doesn't seem at times to want to take the safe play. Um, and I just don't, it, until it's too late, like he'll, he'll, he'll really push a lot. He'll really push a lot of buttons, you know, get really close. At times he gets picked off, and then you, you dig himself into a hole. And as soon as he's in that hole, then he doesn't want to make those those uh, like you know do or die type of plays when you don't really have much of a choice anymore. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's it, it's a it's a really weird and interesting season because there are right now five undefeated teams in the NFL, um, and this is week six now. As we as we record this, uh, the Carolina Panthers, the fifth undefeated team is uh getting ready to play uh their game against the Eagles. Um but like it, this has never happened uh in, in NFL history that there that this many teams would be undefeated at this point of the season. And what that what that really means though is that there are a lot of other teams that are not only um uh not just like bad but also don't even have winning records. I guess they're kind of the same thing, right? Yeah. But there are, there are only a handful of teams in the NFL with winning records, but the majority of the teams have losing records. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's unreal. It's unreal. Yeah. And the officiating this year, I, I, know we, I know it doesn't make sense to call out the officiating. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm trying to do. But they have been atrocious. And clock management. Whoever yeah, runs... It's, yeah. Yeah, it's not, not... And when we say clock management, we don't mean... The coaches right. or whatever. We're talking about the guy who actually operates the clock, because when the clock should stop, it's still going, mm-hmm. and that is unacceptable. Because you literally have one job, and it's to make sure the clock runs when it's supposed to run. And if you're not going to do it, well, then we want to find somebody who does. Yeah. Like, like it happened in three other games today where the clock kept running, and it's like, is this one company that runs all the clock? That doesn't make any sense, and it. After it happened the first time, it was a big bad enough deal. A second time, you're gonna you're just gonna keep you're just gonna keep shooting the bed. Hey, at least your team's not trying to move out of town. Ah, uh, yes, I did just hear about that. That the uh, the charges are they're going to be filing to move to Los Angeles. Yeah. How does well, that How does that make you feel? Wow, really? You gotta say it like that. I want um, to know. I mean, you're still going to support them, I, I, t- I assume, right? I don't know. Would it bother you? Why, why it, would, it absolutely why would it bother bothers me. It bothers me because I have the, no connection with LA. Okay. It, you know, the San Diego Chargers were your local team at some point. Um, when you, obviously when you live there. Um, yes. That makes, that does make sense. So like, you know, 
how would you go about picking a new team or do you think you would still be loyal? Like, do you think you would just be able to make the transition and they would still kind of be your team, but it's just not the same? Well, your team used to be the Baltimore Colts. Yeah. But, but I, that but didn't happen when you were alive. Yeah, I wasn't around then. I mean, what a time to be alive, right? <laughs> I love how everyone's saying – that's a total side note. I'm sorry. Everyone's saying it. Last night when that college football team won on the block field goal attempts, mm-hmm. he one day run, he lit, runs to the end zone. He literally yells, what a time to be alive. <laughs> I was like, "You are you an OVO? You OVO XL? Yeah. Um, I would – it would pain me a lot. I can't just go ahead and pick another team. I'm not going to sit here in front of you and say, oh, well, you know, I've also lived a long time outside of Philadelphia. I'm going to be an Eagles fan now. No. Yeah. No, I won't. Nope. I have no connection with that franchise. Yeah. I don't care. Can I name all your players starting from, like, 2000? Sure. It's like, I remember watching Donovan McNabb with Deuce Staley in the backfield. And then you got James Thrash, Todd Pinkston, Freddie Mitchell. I know your team. I love how you know Todd Pinkston. Oh, Todd Pinkston. I mean, like, Todd Pinkston wasn't, like, oh, a, a, he wasn't, like, a fantastic receiver or anything like that, but you and I both know Todd Pinkston. Oh, absolutely. He was a deep threat who would yeah. get scared of the, of the safety because exactly. that was a different game. That was yeah, a different game back different then, game. though. You could, you could block through a man, tackle his soul, and <laughs> ring out any life force that still had him. And it'd be like, yeah, that was a football play right there. Yeah, um, but going back to the Charger thing, it, it's tough this year because our team is we lost to the we lost to the Raiders today. The Raiders have been getting progressively better every year. Derek Carr, Amari Cooper, like they have a they have a great like Latavius Murray. They got a good offense coming up. But what's interesting is their team is also looking to move to mm-hmm. LA along with the St. Louis Rams. Yeah, but they're not shitting the bed. They've had a really tough going for the past 10 years. They've been like bottom shelf, you know, like 1 in yes. 15, 2 in 14. But whenever they play in AFC West, because it's a divisional opponent, it's going to be tough. The Chargers always seem to play down or up to their opponent. Yeah. Last week, shootout, Maestro, in a loss, though, to Green Bay, but nobody thought that the spread was 10.5 points exactly. going into that game. A lot of people lost a lot of money on that one. Yeah. And this this weekend, or this today, at one point we were down thirty to six. Like it's just it's pitiful. Right against, it's also, against the Raiders. Now, granted, we have three out of five offensive linemen who are out. We don't. We have a non-existent run game. I get it. We're playing one-dimensional from kickoff. I get mm-hmm. it. There's a reason why they're just playing zone coverage all the game because they they don't have to respect the run. Yeah. We haven't had a 100-yard rushing game yet, and I don't think we will this season. So when a team is actively looking to relocate, your team is just not playing well. You've got a coaching staff that is calling uninspired plays. You've got basically only a handful of players that are playing their hearts out, and everyone else is either a step too slow or a second too late, and these lead to huge plays. Like right. a, they, they threw this outlet pass to Amari Cooper – at the forty-seven, their own forty-seven yard line, and he ran through our entire field and scored a fifty-three yard touchdown. It just seemed like nobody knew where they were. We have trainers that don't seem to know how to protect our players because we are one of the most hurt teams in the league consistently. Yeah, that's really interesting. That one. 
I know we fired our old Asian team doc, our team doctor who was an Asian guy, giving us all a bad name because he was a hack. He didn't know he like wasn't. I don't know if he was a real doc. He wasn't a real doctor, or he just didn't know how to treat NFL players. But it was just a shit show how badly our team was doing with him as our medical, you know, team lead. So you, I mean, you couple these two things together, and it's going to be tough, right? As a yeah. fan, to say, is this a lost season? Are we moving? Like we, I've dealt with these, uh, these rumors for five years, but it just seems like every year the rumors get a little bit warmer, and now the water's boiling, and it's it's just going to be tough. Like yeah. I'll ask you the same question: Baltimore, I uh, not Baltimore, uh, Indianapolis Colts, <laughs> they move to Minneapolis. <laughs> I I have I would have no idea. I mean. I guess, I guess I would want to support them. Um, but are they the Minneapolis Colts to you or the Indianapolis Colts to you? I, it's kind of a weird thing, right? It's only based on geography. Right. Neither of us have lived there in over a decade and a half. Right. Like, there's, there's, when still did the you same, move? They're the same organization. Uh, when but, did you move out of Minneapolis? So, uh, I moved out of Indianapolis in 2001. So, yeah. The end of 2001. A decade and a half. Yeah. I mean, 14 years. Yeah, shoot, close shoot. enough. And I haven't lived in San Diego since 98. But they're my, they're my Chargers. Yeah. They're the first team I ever watched. I remember going to a local supermarket on Super Bowl Sunday. We were playing the Niners. We got beat, but, you know, neither here nor there. And I still had that T-shirt. It was uh, some Super Bowl t-shirt. It was like a SoCal Super Bowl. Niners versus Chargers. I mean, we lost 42-10, but, you know, it was from that point on, I was like, these are my Chargers. And living in Philly or living outside Philly just wasn't the same. I could never really root for the Eagles. And so if you ask me if they become L.A. Chargers, I I mean, I love football. I love it so much. I will still root for the Chargers, but then they feel like they're an expansion team all of a sudden. Yeah, I Just understand. Because, I mean, that. you're moving to. I mean, I guess I'm rooting for the organization, even though I hate the ownership. They're just, they're 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 like multi millionaires. I think. I mean, obviously, but they just want to be billionaires. Like that's they're. They're openly antagonistic to fans and the city. It's just, it's tough. It's a tough year. Tough year. What a time to be alive. (laughs) (laughs) What a time to be alive. It's, it's just tough being a Charger fan. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's disappointing, right? Yeah, my roommate today asked, when was the last time the Chargers were good? And I said 2007. Think about that for a minute. It wasn't 2007, was it? I guess that, I guess that's the last time you guys had a really solid season. Isn't San Diego it? Yeah. Chargers. I'm looking. At, I'm looking it up right now. I was gonna say because well, those, they're the years where you you guys beat us in the playoffs two years in a row. 2006, we went 14 and two, first in the AFC. We were number one offense, number one defense. We lost to uh, the Patriots, and you, you want to know why? Because oh yes, New England. Drove to San Diego's 41-yard line. And on a fourth down conversion, we were up. Yeah. We were up 21-13. On a fourth down conversion attempt, Brady's pass was intercepted by Marlon McCree. 
first, all right, let me stop right there. <laughs> what do you do on fourth down? You, unless you have an open shot to the, like, you throw an out route. Right. And it's you and the pylon. Like, the pylon has to tackle you, right? Mm-hmm. You bat the ball down on fourth down. But the man wanted to be a hero. He's like, I want to be a sports center top 10. So he intercepts the ball on fourth down. But guess what? Troy Brown, you remember that guy? Who used to play wide receiver and corner? That's how badly they were beat up that year. Yeah. Troy Brown stripped the ball. And then the receiver, Rache Caldwell, who was an ex-charger the year before, <laughs> recovered it. And then we ended up losing. Yeah, I remember that. I don't think I saw that game, but I remember that. Oh, my God. We were 14-2. and two. We were 14-2. and two. I think, was that the year that... Yeah, this was the same year that LaDainian Tomlinson scored 31 touchdowns. Oh, wow, yeah. That was a ridiculous... That's, let's just, that's let's a just talk about that for a feat. second. That's a ridiculous feat. Thir- thir- 28 rushing touchdowns, three receiving touchdowns. I'm surprised it's only three. Yeah, because he was one of the best running backs to catch the ball out the back. But this is a man who consistently scored three to four touchdowns a game. Think about that in fantasy terms. Think about that for a second. That That's unreal. There's no, You're I mean, killing it. That, I you'd mean, be killing it that shut year. Shut the whole thing that. down. Shut the whole thing down. Yeah. So that was the last time we were really, really good. Like a premier, like when you guys used to go fourteen and two. Yeah. I mean, you guys then, would also lose in the playoffs, so so you and I know that very well. Right. You guys beat us a couple of times. Uh, the Patriots beat us every single time, except for the year that we won the Super Bowl. The year that the other year that we made it to the Super Bowl when we lost to the Saints was the year that uh, that uh, that Brady was injured and Matt Castle was quarterback, and they didn't make it to the play. They didn't make it to the playoffs, even though they were eleven and five. Yeah, that's crazy. That's how strong of a roster that they had. Yeah. That's also the crazy thing about great teams. Depth. When Bill Belichick says next man up, do your job. It's crazy because because people respect him and buy into his system because he's proven time and time again that if you listen to what I have to say, you do exactly what I tell you to do. You will be successful. Yeah. He, he he makes sure that the players that he brings in, he accentuates their you know their strong suits. He doesn't make them do things that they're not good at, and he just sort of like limits their sphere of influence so they don't feel like they're doing too, they have to do too much. Mm-hmm. And like say what you will, but it's like you hate Bill Belichick because he's not your coach. Exactly. Like, what would happen if Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were on your team? Got it. You'd be you'd be the biggest fan in the world, man. Yeah. Like the, the two, two two people that that place are like Bill Belichick knows the game so well, and Tom Brady plays so consistent. Like he, he what was it two years ago when he had nothing but garbage receivers and he was still able to get wins. I mean, you'll you see the same thing with like Peyton Manning and even Andrew Andrew Luck to some degree, where they're able to take no name receivers at what would be no name receivers on any other team, and make them shine. Um, but it's just it's just it's just amazing what he's been doing for the last like how many fit like thirteen years he's been in the NFL. It's unreal. It's unreal, and that's just a testament to their ability. 
Yeah. It it really is. It's not something that's easily repeatable. And, I mean, it's just born out of jealousy. It really is. That's the only reason why we hate them. Because they are so consistently successful. Yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of disappointment, the... I wanted to bring up something that happened at work. All right, let's hear it. Sorry, I, I was just, I just took a breath. Um, <laughs> so at work, I work with a lot of really smart people, and we build sort of mobile products. And we got some news that one of the products that we were working on was no longer going to move forward. Mm. And that was a that was a pretty big blow. Because you sort of go in day in, day out, and you're tasked with solving all these problems, and you get really deep into it. And it was your baby. It is. It is. And for me, it's tough because I have to give it my all whenever I go in. Because if I don't fully invest myself, then you're not going to get good work out of me. Yeah. So then we heard that this week, and it's just tough because it's a family. Yeah. On when you When you work on a product together like that, late nights, weekends, you you become a family. Yeah. And just, you know, other people who are in, who are in charge make these decisions and I I had a really tough time this week with that decision. I was visibly upset, I was vocally upset, and normally I'm not like that. Yeah. Normally I do a really good job of not playing politics but just understanding and letting yeah. that sort of dominate how I proceed. Like, I know why it didn't move forward. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not stupid. I know where the business is this year. I know why the thing, why decisions get made the way they do. Right. And normally, I can rely on that logic to say, okay, it's fine. But I guess I just invest so much of myself into it that when it gets when it gets suspended or even sort of canceled, it just rips apart out of you, man. I can completely understand that, man. Like, I mean, it doesn't, like, you can understand it no matter, you can understand, you can completely understand it, but you can still completely be, like, you have every right to be disappointed considering how much time and effort that you put into that project over these, over the last, like, year or so. It's just... Yeah, it, it it it's just it's almost like well, everything that you've put in, everything you put in is just kind of like going to be abandoned. That's that's definitely disappointing. It's it's not it wasn't easy. Uh and my question is and maybe you can help me is how do I handle this disappointment in a in a healthier way next time? Because I was definitely one of the most vocal people. And what's tough is the group was split this past week. So a majority of my office was out. Hmm. Like, I want to say like 95% of the office was on the West Coast this week. Oh, wow. And for some reason, I wasn't part of that group that traveled out West. So when we got the news, I heard my, one of the one of my team members called me and told, gave me the news over the phone the day before. And had, oh. had that person not called me, I would have heard about it through like a Skype video call. Yeah. And what sucks is so a lot of things compounded how I felt. I 
somebody's like somebody that I knew uh, their dad passed away recently and that was really tough and that sort of grounded me a little bit Mm -hmm. just to be like this is not not that I want to say it sort of facetiously but this is not real this is not real disappointment not to say that a passing of a father is real is like you know like uh disappointment because i know there's no words to describe what that kid is going through right now yeah but just sort of grounding in like hey get your shit together other people are dealing with much worse things than you are that was one part of it a second part of it so that sort of alleviated things a little bit just to be like i can't care about this right now right Another thing is when the, I mean, God bless them. I love my team members, but we were given a 30 minute meeting, right? To break the news to the entire group that worked on this project. Cause we got people like working all over the U.S. on this and not everyone's privy to the information. So when we call like an all hands meeting, that just means like everyone on the project has to be in this meeting. Not everyone knows what's about to go down. I'm, I definitely knew going in, but. They were late, 15 minutes. It's a 30-minute meeting, Reza. Yeah. And you're late 15 minutes. Do you like you know what you're about to say? Right. At least have the courtesy to come on time. And these are my friends and I love these people. But that but that does not excuse the faux pas in my eyes. It's a 30-minute meeting. You 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 you're, you're going to tell me that this project is canceled. At least have the decency to show up on time. And then, and then you're 15 minutes late and then you start off the meeting just laughing. Laughing on your side about whatever. Now, obviously, I can't tell you the context because I'm not on the West Coast. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened when you walked in. But when you turn on your camera and you see five other sort of cameras of people just stone-faced knowing what's about to come down or totally unaware of what's about to come down and then you see them laughing and then you break the news right how am i supposed to take that uh not i i want to say not well i I, that's the only thing i can think of they were they were they were laughing in the beginning they were lollygagging and i literally said who's running this meeting and it got their attention. There are, there's, there's only five people in New York on this call and majority on the West Coast, but there's like two dozen plus people on this call that are yeah. waiting to hear how this decision will ultimately affect their future. Right. Because for some people, it's their employment. Because we work with a lot of contractors. And I'm sorry that you are young leadership. I said it once, I said it again. I love you guys. You said you guys are some of my really close friends. We've developed really strong relationships at work. But if you're a director, your job extends more than just doing work at that point. You have mm-hmm. become a people leader. And that was a really disappointing showing of how you guys are people leaders. Just because you've been promoted to a director doesn't mean that you have to give up work, right? 
it means you have to now take on more responsibility. Because before, you didn't have to worry about other people's careers. Yeah. But now you do. Now you have to have the foresight to know, what do I give up to my underlings to work on? And what are the bigger picture things that I have to be responsible for? And not sort of sweat the nitty gritty and micromanage things and then drop the ball on these huge things. Because I lose a lot of trust in my leadership that way. If you're going to consistently show that you can't handle these tough conversations. See, that's one of the things that I, I, I definitely learned from my time in advertising. How to have hard conversations. Because for me back then, I would have to tell clients, it's going to cost more money than we originally uh, planned on it being. That's not a conversation you want to have. Yeah. Or what about we're not going to be able to get it to you on time. It's going to be a week late. Like I'm not the one that's going to run away from that phone call. Yeah. Was it tough the first time? Yes. Was it tough the hundredth time? Yes. But at least I have the res- – I can sit here and say I respect this and I'm going to tell it to you straight. I'm going to look you in the eye. Because what I have found personally is that people trust you when you can look them in the eye and tell them good news and bad news. You know, like you're not you're not hiding anything that way. Mm-hmm. It, it was just a really heavy week, and those two things combined sort of led to to me not being a good person to be around all week, and, and I and I apologize for that because that was unprofessional of me. And I, I should have had the fortitude to maintain my my professionalism at work. I wasn't like throwing stuff. I wasn't cursing out loud. None of that nonsense. But just being visibly upset all week was definitely a, a toxic thing to do. Yeah. So I'm learning. And I'm looking to you potentially – Reza, to see if you have any advice on on handling something like this. It's it seems it seems like so I have I don't have I haven't had any like major disappointment like that in my uh in, in my career quite yet, although I, I'm quite certain that I will at more than once. Um it's, 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 it's so hard to like even really plan for, you know, like when something just kind of bombards you, just hits you like that. It's almost like it's, it, it, like you don't, you don't necessarily see it coming. So it's almost like it's blindsided you. And anger is, is very much going to be like your natural reaction. And the way, the way that I typically try to deal with anger, you know, when I'm angry and I'm not, you know, in my own private environment is I just try to stay quiet. And it's obvious that you're upset, but I just don't want to say anything that, I just don't want, I just don't want anybody to hear me say anything that makes them see me in a negative light. So I know, I already know that they're going to see me negative. Like, I don't, I don't know how negative they'll, or what they'll really think of me when they see me that I'm clearly mad because I'm not speaking, but I would just rather not make anything worse by speaking about it or, or just saying what's on my mind or just, you know, anything like that. It, it's just, it's so hard. 
Yeah. Like you, you, it's just, you know, anger, anger is so, is so powerful and it just moves to the front immediately. And at that point, you really like lose all, all your inhibition. You, you don't, you don't care for like, you know, it's like, as soon as you hear something, you don't care about the consequences. All you want to say it and you want it out there and you have to be so careful. And that's usually why I'm, I just don't say anything. Because I can't think of anything positive or or the right thing that I really should say, the professional thing to say. Yeah, it's it can be tough because quick being quick to anger just leads to bad decisions. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not out here trying to make bad decisions. Right, like one 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 screw up can really can really send you down. It can set you back significantly. Um, so that's like the last thing you really want to do. It's like, how do you, like, how do you even think positively after the fact? It's so hard. And it's like, you know, people always try to look for like the, they, they try to say it's like a blessing in disguise. And I don't really like, I'm not really good at doing that. You know, it's like, you know, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to be disappointed no matter what. And there's nothing that you can really do to change that. But yeah, that's definitely, of, that's definitely something I don't mean to cut you off, but that's definitely something that happened a lot. And it's definitely a culture at where I work. Mm-hmm. somebody will give bad news and they'll say but you know what guys this is actually a good thing and let me tell you why and that that's something that will make me quite angry because I will say let's let's cut that out for a second don't come here and tell me in the same breath your baby's cancelled but this is a good thing. Right. That I don't do well with that. Like there's nothing really good about it. You really want to just like lay the lay the facts down, you know, and 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 let the team cope with cope the way they can. The I I yeah, I, I agree with you. It's almost a patronizing like say, "Oh, this is a good thing." Like, no, it's not a good thing. Like it might be a good thing for the company if that's if that's what you really mean, but this is not a good thing for me professionally, you know. Right. Like the project that I'm working on is scrapped. There's what, what more, what, how does, you know, where, where do I go from that? You know, in terms of my, you know, what, what, I, what do I put on my resume? Like, what do I say I was working on for the last however long? Um, but there are, there are things, I guess there are considerations that you can make yourself when it comes to that. It's like, well, that's a, that's an obligation that you no longer have. And whether you, whether you can take, you can go in a different direction that you otherwise couldn't have while you were on that project is that that option might be available right the and and to me this contrasts a little bit with there's this approach in design that one of my mentors taught me he said you have to know when to kill your darlings and what he means by that is you'll come up with a design or you'll you'll make a design decision of some kind right and to you this is it. This is the killer app. This is the the killer feature or the killer design reason that'll make this thing just explode off the screen. Right. But when you present it to the entire group, nobody gets it. Or people don't think it's a good idea. And you could you should be able to defend your idea. But at a certain point, if nobody else understands it, it's probably not the best idea. Mm-hmm. And so at that moment you have to let your darlings, like, you know, know when to kill your darlings. 
sort of know when to hold and know when to fold, right? Right. It's tough, though, because that's one of the first things that came to my mind goes, know when to kill your darlings. But this is the whole thing going up in smoke. And it wasn't because it was a bad idea. It was because of outside influences and outside market forces. Sort of, you know, the standard effects of being a major corporation in this world. You're just going to have to deal with stuff like that. And I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. It just doesn't make it any easier. Yeah, absolutely. So. Just time. That's the only thing that really makes things better. This is time. Yeah. And things always do, or, you know, I like to think that things always do get better given enough time. So. Sure. No, you're absolutely right. So this week, it's a new week, positive energy. I'm going to give it my best. I'm just going to be the best designer that I can be. Yeah. That's that's all I can do. That's all I can have control over. And I'm just, I apologize that it took this long to figure that out. I, I just need to be better. And it's definitely a growing moment. And that's all I have to say about that. I feel you. That sounds good to me. Can we pivot real quick? Sure. What do you got? I beat Uncharted 2. Jesus, man. I played... I started the game on Friday. Uh-huh. And I beat it last night. <laughs> it was crazy. Are they that quick? It's just a, like... It was a 10-hour game. I didn't realize they were that short. I mean, that seems really short to me. Yeah, I'm also really good. <laughs> I mean, like ten hours isn't. It's not. It's it's not. There terrible. were there were twenty six chapters. Twenty six. Wow. So each chapter is like half an hour or so. Yeah. And it was really deep, and there's a lot of puzzles, and it's not an easy game because I played it on crushing difficulty, the hardest difficulty. There's mm-hmm. explore, which is like you sneeze on an enemy and they die. Uh, but you don't, like, none of your stats get saved. That's literally what, explore. And then there's easy, medium, hard, crushing, and brutal. What sucks yeah. is brutal is only unlocked after you beat it on crushing, which is, I've, I've never liked that feature. You know me. You give me brutal, I'm playing it on brutal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Uncharted 2 looked amazing. The platform aspects are still a little wonky, I won't lie to you. Maybe just because I... And just not as accurate as I should be. But I am almost done. So I platinumed Uncharted 1. Okay. I found all the trophies. What is platinuming? Uh, all the trophies? All the trophies. Wow, okay. So I found all the treasures. I did like, you know, like the find 50 treasures type thing. Mm-hmm. I found all 50. I did the speed runs for three of the levels. I killed everyone with every type of weapon. I did everything the game asked me to do. And I got a platinum trophy for it. Okay. I am almost done platinuming Uncharted 2. I literally only have four more things, and three of them are just time trial-based things. I might okay. even only have those three things left because I there was 103 trophy uh, uh, treasures in this game, and I found 66 of them on my first playthrough. Wow! And then I just had to replay the game again. And what's nice is you can play them chapter by chapter. And then each chapter tells you, like, you found, you know, one of three or six of ten. So I had to replay them that way, and I I got a lot of it done. It was a beautiful game, for sure. I mean, those graphics, even I know it's, like, been remastered a little bit, but 
I can totally understand why when you first see that game, you're like, oh my god, the PS3 is so powerful. Yeah. And it was a really well-written game. And I just love Nathan Drake as a character. I, I And I told you this week, I almost bought Last of Us because it was on sale for $19.99 or $15.99. But it turns out that there's better deals. It can go as low as $9.99. Oh, wow. Okay. Which, if that's the case, I will buy it at nine ninety nine because it's another it's another Naughty Dog game, and right. I heard that the sound design in that game is even better than Uncharted. Really? Because in Uncharted one, there's like you know in the Until Dawn those Wendigos. Yes. So they have something similar, like that in Uncharted one. Spoiler alert for a game that's over twelve years old. Um, is it really that old? It's uh, all right. Maybe not twelve. Maybe not 12. Let me see. Uncharted 1. It came out 2007, so eight years ago. Wow. Eight years ago. There's a scene where you're in a Nazi base, like this old, like, burned-out Nazi base. And then mm-hmm. it's like, you know, like when you walk down like those dark hallways and it's, like, damp and, like, the lights are flickering. So I'm wearing yeah, yeah. surround sound headphones and all of a sudden when you hear them coming – it's like that wet slapping noise when they're like running down the hallway, but you can't see where they are because it's a maze in a sense. And yeah. all of a sudden they just turn the corner. They're running along the walls or running on the roof. And I'm playing this at two in the morning. It's terrifying <laughs> because they, it's not just like two shots of the head. They go down. Right, it's like right. you got to pump a few shots into them. And so in they, so that was on charge one. And it was incredibly terrifying. Because then, like, alright, so that was a hallway sequence, but then you're in, like, these rooms, and they just come pouring out of the vents, and you basically just, like, run around in circles and pray to God you don't get killed. <laughs> in The Last of Us, they have these things called clickers, right? Yeah, so, like, that. the zombies, they make this, like, really distinct clicking noise. And there's a scene, they said, everyone who's ever played the game said there's one scene where you fall into a basement, it's dark as hell, and all you hear is just these clicking noises everywhere, and you probably only have three bullets. <laughs> and it's just the most tense. Like, can you imagine playing that with like surround sound headphones? That's why they have adult diapers. <laughs> because I don't know if that's why. Be- I don't, I'm not sure if that's why. Sometimes, but... Reza, when you turn the corner and there's a jump scare, you just got to release. You just can't clench anymore. You clench too hard. I hope, I hope you, I hope not. That, that's all I got. That's why the computer not. chair in the living room is my chair. Cause you don't want to sit. You don't want to sit in that. Good, good, very, very good to know. It, it <laughs> oh, God. Oh, goodness. So, what are you, what are you playing right now? Um, so I actually moved back to Destiny. Uh, you know this, um, but that's kind of been it. Um, I got the, the, the Taken King down, uh, DLC, um, which I've been liking a lot. The new raid is really, is, is, is awesome. I like the, I like the teamwork that's required in this raid. And it's very much unlike the, uh, the, the Dark Below DLC, Crota's End. That raid you can solo. I did, I, I would solo that one all the time. Um, and unlike the first raid, Volta Class, you could not really solo that. Most most of these segments of that entire raid were just not soloable, but you can do the entire second raid by yourself. Okay. This third raid, you basically need six people. Um like it's it's very hard to get by without with, with, with any fewer than six. Um 
and I've really been enjoying it, but, and I haven't actually gone back to Metal Gear, but I'm okay with that for now. Um, the thing is, tomorrow, no, not tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, Halo 5 comes out, and I think a week after that, Fallout 4 comes out. Oh my god. Wait, Fallout 4, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yes, and Rise of the Tomb Raider. So, so Rise of the Tomb Raider is going to be a game for you, and Fallout 4 will be a game for me. Now, Fallout 4 is, that's uh, well over a 100-hour game. That's a, that's a huge commitment. That's the same with Metal Gear. Yeah. Um, but the thing the thing is with like Destiny and Halo are that are that both these games, despite the fact that I've done all these story elements, and I've and I've you know I've done most things, there there's a, a, a high replay high replayability aspect when it comes to that. With Destiny, it's getting the better loot and, and leveling up your character for no real reason other than just wanting to accomplish that. And and it's it's still a fun I, game to just go. I saw a GIF of how the guardians looked from release day uh-huh. and like the max you know like light and all that stuff but just like how intricate your guys's armor and all that stuff is now is incredible yeah and now yeah you, there's i i really like the way i really liked how they did the customize uh the customizing options when it's come to this where you, you can take raid gear and other exotic gear and you can what they call infuse so you can increase the power of lower level gear to in uh, to to bring it up to the highest possible light level, um, the problem is that there's still a high random elements when it comes to, to getting that gear. Um, they they just released the hard hard mode of the raid on Friday, which I haven't attempted yet. So the the highest level without the raid is 300. The highest level with the raid is 310. The normal raid. The highest level with the hard raid is 320. Um, exotics could go to 310 so you can find exotics around these are just like very rare gear you can find those around um but you cannot get anything higher than 320 or uh, anything higher than 310 unless you play the hard mode raid and it's um sorry um the 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 gear that drops is between in, in hard mode is between 310 and 320 and the the drops are also randomized, so it's not as rare, I think, as it was in Vault of Glass, but it's still rare to get drops, or hard to get drops, and there's no guarantee that it's going to be 320. It drops between 310 and 320, so it's like, I don't know, you, it's like a 10% chance just to get the roll that you want, the, the, the number that you want, but then there's some percent chance that you don't even get the item at all, so it's just very low odds, and that's the thing that I don't like. Yeah, that that that's what drove me away. Yeah, I know. The nice thing is that because it's incremented like that, the way that we have the increments with the light level, it's not there's not a huge difference between say like a 317 and a 320. So, there's no real there's no like you shouldn't be devastated by not getting that. And at the same point on, on the same on like uh the uh, along with that, it's very similar between like like I'm content being where I am right now. Like a, I'm like a 304 or something like that. And I'm okay with that. Like I, I do want to get higher gear, but I can still do just about everything. Um, so that's fine. Although I haven't tried hard mode. I, I'm not in a rush to do that either. Yeah. Besides what you're playing, what are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you reading? Oh, man. So I have been, I've been watching The Office with Lena, and that's about all I've been watching. Um, so she's been watching most of it on her own. I stopped watching at like season five or six on my own, like several years ago. 
And I think she's seen most of it, but she's rewatching it all from the start. And so I just jump in with her every now and then when we hang out, and that's it. I haven't started The Walking Dead yet, and the reason is because the first episode is so long. I actually watched the first like two minutes, and it was like 75 minutes of, of show, and I just didn't want to commit that much time to it. So I was like, you know what? I get it. I'm not going to. Yeah. Um, I, oh, I have been keeping up with Last Man, that Last Man on Earth, so there's that. That's a fun show, though. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's digestible for sure. Yeah. And then, uh, I guess that's, that's it. I mean, I, I haven't, I've been listening, I've been listening to some like, uh, like some Metallica. So there's something new. Really? That's something I never really listened to before. Yeah. Well, like my, my old, my old college roommate, he, he was, he was a very, very gifted guitarist. He played electric guitar. He ended up transferring to Berkeley School of Music. And he's, he's since graduated from there. Um, but he was into a lot of like, uh, a lot of like shredders. So he listened to, um, and, and it wasn't just shredders, like guitarists, but he would listen to some really, really good, like really skilled guitarists. So like Joe Satriani and John Petrucci, he would, he would listen to bands like Dream Theater. And then, um, from that, there were other, other friends that I had that listened to other bands like Metallica. And so from, from them, I kind of got into it, uh, at some point. And now I'm finally like going back now that I have Spotify and just listening to some of their albums. I am listening to, let's see. So I still have this like playlists that I created on Spotify that I should have yeah. like started every day with. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Where is it? Jesus. Why is this so far down? Oh, it's the first one. Sorry. Um, I start with 100 featuring the game and Drake. Oh, yeah. I do. And then it goes into Post Malone's White Iverson. Fetty Waps again, and then Rick Ross, Aston Martin Music, ASAP Rocky's Fucking Problems. That song gets me turned. I won't lie to you. It's been a minute since I've heard that one. Yeah, that, I've been listening to ASAP, uh, that ASAP Rocky album. Uh, oh, that one. Not the new one. Not the new one. Long Live ASAP. Not I don't, the, I've never listened not to Long Live Long ASAP. Not at Long Live ASAP. But Long Live ASAP is dope. I'm a big fan of that. And then The Weeknd's Acquainted. And then do Kendrick Lamar's uh, "The Recipe," which is my favorite song on Good yeah. Kid, Mad City. But I also listen about like the Black Hippie remix to it. Mm-hmm. And then do Hotline Bling because let's, let's be honest. And then I do "Sorry" by Rick Ross again. So I just realized that I'm pretty much into Drake, ASAP, and Rick Ross. So I got I got I got just switch it up, but. Uh, I decided that, you know what, I'm listening to these songs the most, so I'll just pop it up to the beginning of the playlist. And yeah. then we hit Bobby Shmurda again. It's like, okay, so this is, you know, <laughs> we, we, we back. We back. Because, like, from Bobby Shmurda on, it's just, like, all this other stuff. Um, yeah. But, but what am I watching? I'm watching Strike Force, actually. It's a Cinemax show. It's uh-huh. an hour long. It's super bloody. It's super sexual. It's about this, like, counter-terrorist unit that does that just goes after all these different types of people and there's an overarching villain they're trying to get to and it's really good like if somebody gets shot in the head you see the hole in the head and you see the oh. like blood like leak out the head like it's really crazy wow. people are getting killed left and right there's boobs um <laughs> there's a lot of people that ended up being on the game of thrones that are on this show which oh, is really okay. cool so i like how "Quote unquote realistic," it is. You know, like when some like if it's if it's an ABC show and you get shot in the head, there's no blood. Mm-hmm. Like you, 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 
you took a shotgun to the chest, there's no blood. In this, you take a shotgun to the chest, uh, you're going to see giblets. Um, so I'm like six episodes in. It's just a fun show. Uh, I don't take it too seriously. Yeah. Uh, the Walking Dead, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start up in about 15 minutes. Uh, and that's it. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Um, you got anything else for this week? Nah, I'm about to uh, finish up this presentation that I have going, and then uh, that's about it for the night for me. All right, cool, man. Well, uh, I'll let you go, and then we'll uh, we'll talk in a little bit. All right, sounds good, man. All right, well, I'm Sandy. I'm Reza. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week.